Hello and welcome to another episode of Force Proximity. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Megan. And this week we have Megan's favorite romance novel and the first one you read? Yeah. The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. I got the author remembered this time. Yes, you did. Um, This was a good one. <laughs> it might be my favorite too. But in honor of the book, Megan made a cocktail. I did. What's it called? The Lucy. The Lucy. And she said, we can't try it until we start recording. So I want to do that first because it looks delicious. Okay. All right. What is in it? Okay. It is uh, Malibu rum. Yeah. Pineapple juice because, you know, that's like the letter Q and the letter U. They just go together. Yeah. Um, a, a squeeze of lemon for Josh's bitterness. <laughs> blue curacao to make it blue like Lucy's eyes. And ours are kind of teal. But ours are a little bit teal. because that's, that's fine. That's my favorite color. Because so. it's very natural pineapple juice yeah. that Jonathan got. And um, the glasses are topped off with a little bit of Prosecco to honor Lucy's effervescent personality. All right. Let's try it. Okay. Well, it's delicious, and I think it could get people in trouble because <laughs> it drinks like Gatorade. It does, yeah. Now <laughs> you told that's me a co- that's like a ten dollar cocktail that you would sure need is. to order like five of. It sure is. Yeah, you told me to get blue carousel and uh, like blue blue liquor automatically reminds me of it's always sunny because mm. they make <laughs> riot juice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is just like rye alcohol and blue Gatorade. Ooh. <laughs> this is a billion times better than rye <laughs> juice. <laughs> I remember when I was going to uh, my first semester of IU, I went to one party. And uh, the the party drink, it probably is still is the party drink at IU, was something called red pop because they have a generic soda in that part of indiana called red pop which is like fizzy robitussin and they just mixed it with whatever grain alcohol was cheapest i didn't try it but it smelled like robitussin grain alcohol that's what i meant to say not rye alcohol grain alcohol yeah rye would be like (laughs) whiskey that'd be really gross it wouldn't even turn out blue (laughs) it would be so expensive yeah it's like 60 dollars a bottle Grain alcohol and blue Gatorade. <laughs> but binging with Babish, he that's a great YouTube channel if you're into cooking. He yeah. makes he makes uh recipes from movies and TV shows mm-hmm. and adapts them to real life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he does regular th- like regular recipes too. Mm-hmm. But he made riot juice. He made all the things from It's Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. And he tried the riot juice, how they, what he thought they explained of just grain alcohol and blue Gatorade. It was terrible. <laughs> but then he made his own version of riot juice with like blue carousel and mm. like mm. good tasting. Th- and it came out blue. Well, because Gatorade by itself tastes like cum water. Okay. I can't say I know what that tastes like. It's disgusting 
It's salty and it tastes like bodily fluid. It or it okay. It tastes like tears. Okay. It tastes like you're drinking tears. Well, that's for the the sodium to put back in I, you. I realize that, but as a mixer, no, no. That's what you drink the morning after. Yeah, to rehydrate. Yeah, I guess they were just you know, I mean it's a funny show. They're trying to be funny. and it's a riot. So what? you're gonna need electrolytes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was they, a literal riot on the show. No, they were going to a Phillies game. So yeah, a riot. Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything. Any sporting event that takes place in Philadelphia can easily turn into a fight. They're animals. Speaking of sports, I have a trivia question for you. Sure. Okay. I'm not taking my... that back either. If you're from Philly and you're offended by me saying you your have sports friends fans from Philly, they're not offended. They're probably that's probably an honor to them. <laughs> Your animals. <laughs> they know it. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 2009 to 2010 NHL season. We're okay. going this route. You're going to tell me... Not the sport. I know that it's the sport hockey. of ice hockey. Obviously. The Stanley Can Cup champion. Can you tell me the top draft pick? Oh, in 2009? Yeah. Can you tell me the team? You hate them. You hope they die of COVID. The Flyers? The other one to hate. The Islanders? Yeah. Was it John Tavares? Yes. I don't hope they die of COVID. You hope they just <laughs> I hope they COVID. got it and their series got canceled. Okay. But now they're playing the Islanders are playing the Lightning. They didn't get stomped. That's oh, fine. Okay. Well, that's a good thing then. <laughs> I don't hope anyone gets COVID. Well, I think I got COVID months and months and months ago, but yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um, who? 2009. Who? Okay. So, well, it's 2009, 2010 season. Okay. So 2009, you would be right. He would be the draft pick because that's when the season started. But the Stanley Cup was in 2010, right? Yes. Okay. So who... Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Detroit Red Wings in six games. Hold on. Seven games. Well, okay. It doesn't tell me how many games. <laughs> Who are the Eastern champions? Pittsburgh Penguins. No. In 2009? 2010. When the season ended. The Eastern Conference champions. Yes. Okay, just tell me who won the Stanley Cup first. The, the Pittsburgh Penguins. No. Yes. No, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Duration of the season, October 1st, 2009 to June 9th, 2010. Stop looking. I have the answers this time. <sighs> 2009. Oh, yeah, Chicago Blackhawks. You looked at that. I did not. I promise you I did not. Fine. The Chicago Blackhawks beat the Philadelphia Flyers in yes. six games. Patrick Kane scored the game-winning goal in overtime of game six in Philadelphia. And he was... No, Jonathan Taze won the heart trophy. Or the... Consmith. The Consmith. 
who was the season MVP uh, of the regular season? Probably Sidney Crosby or Ovechkin. Nope. Give he me, has give our me a team. son's first name. Henrik Sedin. Yes. He was the top scorer. Yes. Okay. I think that was good. That I was, stumped you. You did. Kind of. You probably just got your seasons crossed. I did. I'm sure I confused you somehow. No, I'll take... You got me. All right, do you want to synopsize this book? Mm. I think we're going to talk a lot about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we need to do that. I, I think we're going to synopsize and talk about it as we go. Yeah. Like the whole... The whole podcast today is going to be a synopsis, but I do want to make a couple points, I think, first. Oh, you wanted to put a a PSA out for our listeners. Just a polite disclaimer. I'm really sick and tired of political shaming. I don't care what side of the aisle you were on or if you're not in the building and you're like... You know, like somewhere out in space, or if you're like somewhere in like the fiery pit of hell politically, like there's no left, right. There's like left, right, top, bottom, diagonal, crossways. Wherever you are, that's fine. You're and welcome. You here. are welcome. Yes, we are a safe space for you. So I'm just pointing that out there because I just. I'm so sick of people being shamed for their political beliefs when it's so nuanced that if we say something, you and I, Jonathan, are just very willing to discuss things and not a lot of people are. We like open conversation. And if you and I just like throw a quick thing out there, a buzz phrase or something, Uh We in no way pretend or assume that that's going to be, I don't know, the be all and end all of somebody's political belief. Like, you don't have to agree with us. It might not even be ours. We might not even agree with it. (laughs) (laughs) We're just saying stuff. So, and I don't know. I just, and politics are always complicated, and we recognize that here at Force Proximity. Yeah. So, you are welcome. The, I don't care who you're voting for. I don't care if you don't vote. Like, yeah. We, we try not to be political for that reason because we want to include everybody. We want to have open conversations, not on this podcast, but we want to encourage you to have open conversations with your friends. That's not and not to not be friends with them because you don't agree because that's silly. Right. I mean, if they're obnoxious, that's one thing. If they're toxic, you shouldn't be friends with them. Yes. Like anybody. Exactly right. Right. All right. Thank you. So do you want to get into the questions? I do not like. So we're using these martini glasses that we got for a wedding. Eight, we have never nine used. years ago. Yeah, we've never used them, and now I know why. Because mine is dripping like crazy. Is yours? No. <sighs> I'm I'm just better at drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I do usually use a straw, but I think I can drink from a glass. There's like yeah. 
blue goo everywhere over here. All right. Let's get into these questions, I think. I'm getting out my reporter's notebook. Oh, it's all in my, my head. Yeah. It's like a steel trap. I knew I was going to forget stuff, and I probably will forget stuff anyway. There's only a few points I remember to make. I will say, all right, I, I, let's get into it. Okay. My initial reaction to this book, I was hooked immediately. It's just, it wasn't a slow burn. It wasn't a slow start. Yeah. It and, was a slow burn. What does that mean? For Lucy and Josh, it was a slow burn. Their relationship took a while. Okay, I guess I don't know what that means. <laughs> it wasn't a slow start, I I meant yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. It gets right into it. Mm-hmm. And I I and I also I paced myself on this book. Yes. To where I read it t- 2 weeks in advance so I could just chip away 10%. Those of you who are Kindle readers know what I'm talking about. 10% every day. Yeah. Some days was like seven, some days was 15, just depending on the time I had. Mm-hmm. And I was able to finish this book this morning. It took me about an hour of reading to finish this morning. Yeah. Like 16% to go. Okay. But I think that helped me stay focused, knowing that I only had to read 10% at yeah. a time, 10% chunks. Well, I try to do that, too. I try to read 25% of whatever book I'm reading every night. That's two, That would take me like two hours. Does take me two hours. Yeah, I don't have that kind of time. I know. <laughs> Half an hour to an hour is all I have. I know. And uh, luckily, some of... Uh, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I was getting up for some stupid reason at 4.30. Yeah. And it wasn't even because of Hank. I was just getting up. Yeah, I know. I had to pee. I looked at the clock. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, shit, it's 4.30. Just get up. <laughs> you want to do lay back down for 20 minutes? Yeah. No. And just think. No, you sleep. I don't. Okay. Once I go pee, I'm done. Unless it's like one in the morning. Uh-huh. If it's close to waking up time, I just get up. Ugh. And it let me finish the book on time. Yeah, that's, that's good. Those are the days I could put an hour in of reading. Yeah, that's good. Well, so how did how did the this book get you initially? For this, which was like my fifth reading, um, yeah, I was initially hooked. I try to save this book and I try to not read it more than once a year. Sometimes I need to just go back and and remember something, so I end up reading it a little bit more. But this is the first time rereading it in totality. I usually just reread the Josh parts mm-hmm. and skip all the other stuff. I definitely skip Danny, but um, so lame. I know. So my initial reaction was. Um, well, I noticed Sally Thorne's voice. She is she is just she's such a weirdo. I don't know how else to describe it. She's so she's like well, okay, so she's like Penny Reed if Penny Reed had an editor. Yeah. Like she has that Not as quirky. Right, that's what I'm saying. She doesn't throw every single quirk she can possibly think of into one character. 
she she's more she's refined like, or yeah. re- reserved reserved she's more reserved than that but her writing style and we'll we'll get into examples of her writing it's just so off the wall mm-hmm. and i love it she's such an oddball and all of her books are like that um like this we're in lucy's head the whole time yeah and lucy is just such a she's such a nutcase and in a really great way the most adorable way she is i really liked lucy as a character yeah so was that your also your favorite thing about the book Mm-mm. what's your favorite <laughs> what's your favorite thing about the book? joshua templeman oh really yes oh okay Hence the the Joshua Templeman candle. Can I can I quickly go into my favorite thing? Yeah, my of favorite course. part. Yeah. Is that a question? No. Okay. Not this early. No, it's not a question at all. Well, we. What's your favorite thing about the book? Is number two. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna go to my favorite part, and okay. it's a very small part when he was explaining like how. Every function in your body is a miracle that yes. happens over and over and over again. Like yeah. your valve could close and you die. Yeah. It's a miracle that it doesn't. Yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah, I liked that too. Now the floor is yours. Oh gosh. Okay. Um I'm trying to decide if we want to do this now. I guess we're going to do this now. I was listening to uh, Faded Mates, the romance book podcast with Sarah McLean and Jen Prokop. And Sarah McLean, of course, is this brilliant romance writer. And Jen Prokop is a brilliant romance reviewer for Kirkus. And I love their podcast. And I love the way they... Did you have a second one yet? No, but I'm not going to have any more blue juice. I'll just have Prosecco. Good. I like the blue juice. Um, I really appreciate how they uh, they do their podcast. And they're trying to figure out what works about romance novels and what doesn't sometimes. And it's not always about the book. It's about what the books mean to society. And it's really awesome. And their episode, well, they just started season three. Their episode this week was about Fifty Shades of Grey. And so I read it because I didn't really know. I read Fifty Shades of Grey and that was before I had any kind of dealings with Romance Landia. So I missed all of that. I didn't mm-hmm. know what the romance book community thinks of Fifty Shades. So I was interested to, to hear what they say. And they didn't go into, oh, it's such crappy writing. Of course it is. We, I mean, every, most, mm, romance yeah. readers know <laughs> that it's crap writing. <laughs> Not everybody knows it's crappy writing, and that's fine. Um, but they didn't go into that. But they were basically trying to figure out why this book worked so well that it sold 150 million copies. And it was really fascinating. And that really, um, they didn't come to a conclusion. It's just, it's an anomaly. It is. They said a lot of it is luck. 
a lot of it is timing probably it's yeah a lot of it is timing it came out the same time the kindle was coming out mm-hmm. and people didn't want to read that book in paperback people wanted to read it in the privacy of their own kindle ah uh, so you couldn't see what people were reading mm-hmm. and i think i mean word of mouth because you had people who weren't romance readers finally reading something that's romancy and they were giving it to their friends like hey this book is about sex like well i mean you could have been reading romance all along they're all about sex but uh so anyway what does this have to do with the hating game well i have several theories about the hating game um my biggest one we're gonna hold off until the end um but I was I was starting to think because um, uh, Sarah McLean mentioned that Sally Thorne got her start writing Twilight fanfic. And I didn't know that. I knew Christina Lauren, the duo that we're going to read next, they got their start writing fanfic, although I don't know if it was Twilight or not. Fifty Shades um, is Twilight fan fiction. Fifty Shades is Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, you you can see why she made E.L. James made the choices that she did. But I started looking at Fifty Shades, less less so Fifty Shades, and more I started like going into like the vampires of modern pop lit, pop popular literature. Mm-hmm. So I looked back into Twilight, and I thought, you know why Joshua Templeman is so set apart? It's because he's a vampire. <laughs> hot take number one i'm not going with that one okay so because you don't you think of vampire as dracula yeah like the kind that Lestat. sleeps in the coffin louis which who's also a dracula in i mean in that the old school sense of what a vampire is so i think of matthew uh, Claremont from A Discovery of Witches, who is a grown-up version of Edward from Twilight. So he's like a benevolent vampire. Okay. So, so we're going with that, like the new modern uh, restrained vampire. Can't go out in the sun vampire. Well, see, that's why I like Matthew Claremont from A Discovery of Witches. He can't. He can go in the sun. that's bullshit. He just is very pale, and it calls attention to himself, and it kind of, like, feels uncomfortable. It's supposed to burst into flames. I know you say that, but we're going to read A Discovery of Witches, and it's, it's, it's the best origin story for vampires, I think. So, <laughs> besides the historian by Elizabeth Costova. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking my head, no. I know. I know, but I like these modern vampires because I like that they're trying to use modern day science to explain how they could possibly be possible if there's a slightly magical world. Like they're 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 combining a little bit of magical realism and a little bit of science and they're making it more acceptable to us. I like that. Why? Not why do you like it? Why are they doing that? We have vampires. They're fine. Because they Stephanie need, Meyer decided to write a vampire they, book. They, we didn't need vampire reform. 
They were fine. I would argue that we absolutely did need vampire reform because hundreds of millions of people, hundreds of millions of readers combining Fifty Shades of Grey and Twilight wanted to read this new vampire. So we did need it. I disagree. Agree to disagree. Let's let's go back to the hating game. Okay. So <laughs> we're agreed now that Josh is a vampire. We're not agreed on that. Not okay. agreed. <laughs> okay. Why I'm saying that is because these modern vampires, it's all about... Like you had the Dracula vampires. And the Lestat and Louis vampires. And they're, you know, they might be striving with their soul a little bit in certain cases, Louis. But ultimately, they cave in, they cave to their, their... Vampire needs. Exactly. They they drink the blood of whomever they cross or whoever. Man, this made a lot of juice. <laughs> I think the ice is melting in it, too. True. Um, so I wasn't really prepared to do a thesis today, but... Not on vampires. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> so where was I? I don't know. Uh, you should be listening. I am listening. I don't know where you're going. But what is, what is the last thing I said? Louie. And giving in to vampire instincts. Yes, thank you. So they gave in to their vampire instincts, this new modern breed of vampire. And, you know, you know, we know that, like, you know, the craving for blood equals the craving for sex. And that's how they got away with writing sex in Victorian literature. So we have this new modern vampire, and it's all about restraint. It's all about, I could kill you. I really, really want to kill you. Like, these are the thousand ways I'm thinking of killing you and, like, ripping out your throat and drinking all your glorious blood. But I'm not going to because I'm a gentleman. <laughs> and it's the same way with sex. Like, the I, I've said this before. I, I will say this again because... The sexiest male quality is sexual restraint. And I think that's why I love Edward so much as a vampire. And I love Matthew Claremont in A Discovery of Witches. They're both just very, like, they're haunted by their love of one person. But they care so much for them that they're willing to forego, like, all of their needs in order to do the right thing by this by their their human companion and and josh does this with the hating game he's um he's uh this is like what this is what 50 shades of gray should have been the hating game should have sold 150 million copies not 50 shades of gray like this is the grown-up version of twilight I swear, if you read Twilight, you will you would love the hating game because mm-hmm. it's it's the same I'm principles. Say, I'm saying like mm-hmm, that as same, if I read Twilight. The same restraint. Well, you saw the movie. <laughs> I did. I did. 
Yeah, I read the new Twilight book that came out. No, I, I read a sample of it, skimmed it. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so bad. It's like, it's awesomely bad. It's <laughs> um like, it's fun to read. It's so bad. Who was that? Oh, the comedian on Netflix. She was young, blonde girl. Taylor. Was that who it was? But that's the only young blonde woman I... Taylor Tomlinson. Yeah. Yeah, she had the joke that she would ask a guy to come up after a yes. date. She's like, come on up. He's like, no, that's okay. Let's do this again. She's like, now, then she made some kind of joke about now we have to have sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because he, he said no first. Yes. <laughs> it is the hottest quality when a guy when okay so first you have to know that the guy really really wants you and so i i'm like my personal theory of what love is is like caring plus sex <laughs> equals love <laughs> so when you really deeply care about somebody you also really deeply want to fuck them then you love them. <laughs> it's not that hard, people. It's not this like end all be all of the world. There can only be one like great love. It's like, I mean, you make the choice to love somebody. But, you know, that obsessive love, it's just the caring plus the sex. Yeah. So when you when you turn off one in favor of the other, like, it's just, it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Like, namely, when you turn off the sex in favor of caring. And Josh does this throughout the whole book. He sure does. So that whole thing is my favorite part of the book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was your other hot take? Oh, Josh is definitely autistic. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this pre-show. Yeah. I'm not going into all the reasons, but if you reread this book, listeners... Go within it, thinking of him as autistic mindset. Yeah, he's yeah, he's absolutely Lord Ian McKenzie from the madness of Lord Ian McKenzie. Like they're the same character. They're both. And, you know, people think of autism as like the scary. Oh, my God. He's like lining up his matchbox cars. No. He he has a normal voice. It really can't be defined either. Well, there's there are seven classifications for autism, and you need to be somewhere on the spectrum. How people four out of seven. How I people think. think of it. Yeah, is not the five-year-old child melting down in the grocery store. That's not what autism is, yeah. especially in adults. A lot of times, you're thinking of like you're thinking of the comorbidities mm -hmm. that that autistic people tend to have. The anxiety, the OCD, those are very common to have alongside autism, ADHD, also, um, you know, a language delay, speech delay. And um, that time I spilled, a, I spilled a bunch that time. And a low, uh, low IQ. Sometimes that also happens. None of those things are autism. Autism means... Basically, that you feel very, very, very deeply. It doesn't always come out right. Mm -hmm. And you are methodical in certain 
areas of your life. So I get that's my definition of of how I've experienced autism and how I'm in touch with a lot of adult autistics and that's basically a very generalized very watered down version mm-hmm. of of what it's really like. It's really not that weird. Um so yeah, he's If you grew up with anyone who you would say is quirky, they're probably autistic. They're probably autistic. Yeah. And in and in a man who's shy, i.e. Joshua Templeman, like his his shyness like I know I'm shy and I was always called a bitch. But it's it's not that I was a, that I'm a bitch, it's that I'm very very shy. Like I can open up to one person at, at one time. And if yeah, I'm I I don't know, I can't if I'm if I'm in the social situation that Josh is at the end of the book, like I'm also like doing weird things with my hands and uh yeah, well anyway, it all it, it reads as bitchiness, just like Josh Josh's shyness reads as he's this complete asshole. Yeah. I'm I'm not super shy. I'm a little shy. Yeah. Where I I guess I, I more read a room first mm-hmm. before I decide how I'm gonna approach it. Okay. And my face just looks really aggressive (laughs) so you look grumpy i do look grumpy i yes i wouldn't say aggressive i yeah people are afraid to approach me yeah which i mean i kind of (laughs) like but but i i definitely wouldn't say i'm on the spectrum either no 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 I just have resting bitch face. <laughs> yeah, you do. Unless you're smiling really big. And it's the same way with Josh. This is not like, you know, we're past the autism thing now. But Josh, like, doesn't smile, doesn't smile, doesn't smile. But when he smiles, it's like the sun coming out. Yeah. <laughs> to quote Kate Bush. The job I'm currently in, when I first started, I on purpose didn't smile. Because as a teacher, you don't, you know, the old saying, you don't smile till Christmas break. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And my principal called me in, said, do you ever smile? <laughs> I said, yes, but not yet. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, okay. You know you don't have to do that here, right? It's like, no, I do. No, it's fine. But then she told you. that. Something else. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> okay. Um, so I have notes, but I'm... All right. I so think we... I've finished all the vampireness. Good. That was a good, good take. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> Did, uh, was the setting unique or important? No, because there was no setting. Right. This could have been... Any city you wanted to take place in. Yeah, and you know, I think that's this is the first book that we can truly say that. Yep. That we've read. I think it's by design. It is by design. Sally Thorne has mentioned that. So I guess we can venture off to another question off of this. Where did you picture it? 
I picture it in a nondescript place because unless something is specifically mentioned to me, I can't, I don't, I, I kind of picture like the Australian outback with like one lone office building, (laughs) 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 which I know is wrong, but that's all I could envision because it wasn't told to me. Well, me being from New York and New York being the capital of the universe, I pictured it. I pictured it being in New York. Yeah. And the wedding taking place in Maryland since it was a five hour drive. Were you thinking of wedding crashers? Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I can see it. I can see. I can. I don't really see the New York thing because I feel like if a book is taking place in New York, places have to be mentioned. It can't be a generic thing. But I know Sally, our friend, was going for um, like a, a form of city self-insertion. Yeah. Well, I said it could have been Berlin because Berlin, I think there's a five-hour drive to a beach. Northern Germany. Okay. I don't think you can go swimming there. It's probably freezing. Could have been France. (laughs) Could have been Australia. Could have been... I just pictured Australia because Sally Thorne, the author, is Australian. But it wouldn't... It couldn't be LA because you're not driving... I mean, I guess you could drive four hours to... I guess it could be LA. Um... Couldn't be Chicago, because there's no beach four hours away from Chicago. Isn't there, like, a Great Lake or something? Lake Michigan? Yeah. But... All those lakes are up there. But it's it's a two-minute drive. It's a zero-minute drive from Chicago. Oh. Lake Michigan. Wasn't there another lake? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. The Great Lakes. So, they drove to the one four hours north. It was definitely in New York, and it definitely drove to Maryland. Okay, next question. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, which character to, did you relate to most, and what was it? You know what? I didn't relate to anybody. No? Mm-mm. I, I did not put myself in this book. I was an observer. Normally, I was too. N- normally, I'm a participant. Really? You self-insert? Yeah. That's what that's called. This time, I was just... On the outside looking in, I was not, I did not see myself as anybody. Because Josh is too rigid rigid to be me, and Lucy's too bananas to be me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm probably Mr. Bexley. Ew. No. I don't, like, if this is 30 years in the future. You're probably 50 years Aline in the future. if you're anybody. Helene, yeah, uh-huh. Helene. Yeah, I, I just didn't see my, I didn't connect. Not that I didn't like the characters, I just didn't connect to them with them on a personal level. Yeah, I get it. So, um, I didn't, um, I didn't, I mean, I, I feel like I have to relate to Lucy. Yeah, but no, you probably relate more to Josh. Yeah, because I am not bubbly and effervescent. Mm-mm. 
I am I'm the asshole in the corporation. Yeah, I'm Lucy and you're Josh. Yeah. In the situation. It's just that you're extremely tall and I'm extremely five feet. <laughs> I'm not extremely tall. I'm six foot one. And to you, I'm extremely tall, but to the earth, I'm not. It's 13 inches taller than me. Okay. As to you, okay. I'm tall, but to planet earth and society, I'm not. I'm average. I think that's tall. Slight, slightly above average. Fine. Okay. I think we... Before we get to the end question, I think we need to go back and do some synopsizing piece by piece what we liked because this book has so many things, yeah, that are um, wonderful. We need to tell the I, world. I want to just go over my one gripe and not even a gripe, okay? It's just a little tidbit that she got maybe wrong or maybe not wrong. I don't know. They went on a paintball retreat that Josh set up. Yeah. And Lucy mentioned how he looks so cool with his paintball gun pointed to the sky. Yeah. You don't point a paintball gun to the sky because all the paintballs can fall out of the hopper. Uh-huh. The hopper is the thing that holds your paintballs and it right. distributes them into the barrel. Mm-hmm. Once the paintballs hit the dirt, they're done. You can't put them back. Because they'll jam your gun. Okay. That was it. So that was the right only. There, that's the that only was thing. So Josh of you to bring that up. <sighs> Fine. And you eat like Josh, and you kind of work out like Josh, except you eat lunch. Yeah, but I have thought about just having a protein shake for lunch, just because it's so much faster. <laughs> and I don't have much time. Okay, so we're going to start back at the beginning, almost the beginning. Lucy and Josh are arch nemeses. Her password for her computer is die, Josh, die. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the hashtag that I created, die, Josh, die. Ah. So I always hashtag that when I talk about the hating game. Is that a thing? No, it is now to me. Oh, she just poofed her hair as if <laughs> she did something <laughs> remarkable by doing saying hashtag die Josh die. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was such a Lucyism I just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what? That's the other thing about this book that I liked. I've totally forgot, Josh. Looks like your your yeah. typical cover guy of a romance novel, and he eats like it to do, look like that. Yes, she got the diet right. I know, boring, mundane, repetitive, flavorless, high in protein, high protein, and planned out. Yes. That's how you get looking like that. And devoid of treats. And devoid of treats. Yeah. And exercise constantly. Yeah. I mean, the guys on the cover of a romance novel, they don't even walk around looking like that. They've been, they're like, they've cut. Yeah. Those guys need IVs after they shoot those yeah. shots. Yeah. You don't walk around with that, like, defined of an eight pack mm -mm. without being dehydrated 
So they're guys that are they're, very, very I'm, fit. I'm not exaggerating. They're on the verge of death. Yes. Well, they're very fit, these romance novel guys. And then, you know, you have like a, a week or two in advance, and then they start cutting and eating the dry oatmeal and... Drinking distilled water. Why? Oh, to gets... not... Yeah, to not have any salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the guys are not walking around like that. So when you have... And it, and it pulls things out. What do you mean? Distilled, oh, distilled water will pull things out of your body to oh. get you more shredded. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so when don't writers, do that. writers, Please when don't you're do describing that, <laughs> a guy that looks like the, you know, the bare-abbed romance cover model, even the bare-abbed romance cover novel does not look like that walking around in Mm-mm. his day-to-day life. Like, he'll look and, good. He'll yeah, he'll look good, but not well, that defined. He'll look good as subjective. Some people lean. like the dad bod. He'll look he'll lean. look lean. I think most women prefer the dad bod because we know the jig is up. We know that if you're looking like a romance cover model, why do you want to be eating pasta with me every Friday night? Like, that's not the kind of guy that those guys date the gym rat girls because they have the same lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on a quest to look like a cinnamon roll. And just. I, you just don't have the time. It, not my life. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, I I might because of my job working 30,000 steps a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to look like a soccer player real soon. That's fine. Um, so anyway, so we're going to start, but yes, I do appreciate that. When a guy is eating pastries for breakfast every day and yeah. he does 20 minutes hot of- dogs, Hot dogs and beer for dinner and he just swims for 20 minutes a day. Uh, yeah. No. 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 Unless he's like swimming away from a shark, maybe. <laughs> swimming his ass Michael off. Michael Phelps doesn't even look like a, a cover model. Yeah, he's like a wind winged back. Well, that's because blubbery. he's like a genetic lottery hitting freak. No, I, I that's know. That's perfectly but built. I I just for mean swimming. swimmers have like they have. Yeah, swimming's not going to get you the romance cover not no, romance novel cover. I think body. I think it would if you're not like Michael Phelps is a different thing. Like he's just. God chose him to win that many gold medals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the genetics he has was built to do what he did. Yeah. And smoke a bunch of weed while he did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he will he was not going to be denied. Um so I want to go back to the beginning again. Lucy and Josh work at desks and they're facing each other like mirrors and they play the mirror game frequently because of it they're both assistants to the co-ceos of their new firm bexley and gammon new publishing firm that has just merged they are arch nemeses um and the companies there's bexley and they are the like the mathematicians. Mm-hmm. You can tell who's walking down the hallway, who's a Bexley and who's a Gammon from their clothes. It's like it's like Gryffindor and Slytherin. 
It's sort of, yeah. Who's Gryffindor? Bexley's. No, it's like Slytherin and Hufflepuff. Bexley is Slytherin. Uh, Gammon is Hufflepuff. Mm. Lucy is such a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Um, and Josh is the ultimate Bexley. He's the ultimate Slytherin. Um. So the first quote I want to read is, The new Bexley and Gammon is a cheap gray cement toad squatting on a major traffic route, impossible to merge on, onto in the afternoon. It's arctic in the morning shadows and sweaty by the afternoon. The building has one redeeming feature, some basement parking, usually snagged by the early risers, or should I say the Bexleys. So, <laughs> so right off the bat, you have these, like the whole company is at odds with each other. This passage also highlights why I don't like workplace romance, except for this workplace romance. Mm-hmm. Like just generally, I just find it hard to get into a, like a romantic mindset with like the drop tile ceiling and like terrible lights. Yes, <laughs> that highlight every flaw on your skin. Yeah, I just don't know how people can do it. But that's the old George Carlin joke about fluorescent lights. What? <laughs> There's a George Carlin joke yeah. about fluorescent lights, how they like show every boil and pimple you've ever had in your life. <laughs> so I'm going to. Um... Okay, so first things you need to know about Lucy is she is basically Zoe Deschanel's character from New Girl. She's. But quirkier. I had never thought of that. Well, the way she dresses. Okay. She dresses in like mod cloth. You don't know what that is, but it's like a a clothing company um, that sells vintagey looking throwback fashion. So that's what Lucy wears, these 50s looking vintagey outfits and um, black fishnets with red heels for some ungodly reason. But... Uh, but she's like wild and crazy and has her flamethrower red lipstick and um, her hair that won't behave like any great romance heroine. <laughs> also my pet peeve. Um, and she thinks she hates the Bexley Josh. She thinks that he is just the worst because of this reason. And this is this is how the much worst. Yeah. <laughs> this is how much she hates him. After a few minutes, I glance at him and he's staring at me. Imagine it's two minutes before the biggest interview of your life and you look down at your white shirt. Your peacock blue fountain pen has leaked through your pocket. Your head explodes with an obscenity and your stomach is a spike of panic over the shimmering nerves. You're an idiot and everything's ruined. That's the exact color of Joshua's eyes when he looks at me. <laughs> so she's a bit of an unreliable narrator that she has to create this catastrophic story to describe his eye color, which is like Sally Thorne's brilliance. Yeah. Like Lucy doesn't even know that she's complimenting on him on his beautiful eyes because she phrases it as this just horribly embarrassing and shameful thing to happen. But she spends an awful lot of time looking but at his eyes. But that's his eye color? Yes. 
the peacock blue of fountain pen and the <laughs> the panic and the nerves and the yeah so unreliable narrator i like it that's a good thing or just depends no it's a good thing to me oh because it means subtext and there's not a lot of romance novels with subtext this is one of the few especially in contemporary i like contemporary romance but this isn't one of those contemporary romances where you have to turn off your brain to read mm-hmm. okay uh so they're having this game they're staring at each other he is trying to mimic her moves until she raises her left eyebrow which he can't do so that means the game is over <laughs> <laughs> and he can get back to work and so and like typing frantically on so his that's his keyboard. trump card that's her trump card. She oh. can raise her eyebrow. Oh, he, so she he can, can't, he can't. Yeah, he can't do it. So that ends the game. So, um. You know who else can raise his eyebrow? The Rock. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock can play Lucy. Right, no. I can raise my eyebrow. I can play Lucy. Um. So then. Oh, I thought I wanted to read this quote about why. You highlight a whole like damn page. I know. At the end. I know. I have to get to the page numbers. Okay. I'm on page seven. I need to be on page eight. Oh, Lord. We're only on page seven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I don't. It's not like the whole thing is just quotes. I mean, the whole this part is. These are my favorite parts. Okay. <laughs> my favorite parts. How of my many favorite are there? Book. Like, just like fifty-seven. Well, can we cut it down to like three? No, we can qu- cut it. Uh, cut it down. Cut it down to. Um, we'll see. So I want to. <laughs> well, I just want to say why Lucy thinks she hates Josh, and it's because, quote, I made a mistake when I first met Joshua. I smiled at him, my best sunny smile with all my teeth, my eyes sparkling with stupid optimism that the business merger wasn't the worst thing to ever happen to me. His eyes scanned me from the top of my head to the soles of my shoes. I'm only five feet tall, so it didn't take long. (laughs) Then he looked away and out the window. He did not smile back, and somehow I feel like he's been carrying my smile around in his breast pocket ever since. He's one up. After our initial poor start, it only took a few weeks for us to succumb to our mutual hostility. Like water dripping into a bathtub, eventually it began to overflow. The next thing you need to know about Josh is he's really particular about his shirts that he wears underneath Mm -hmm. his lovely gray business suits. He wears an identical business shirt every day in a different color. White, off-white stripe, cream, pale yellow, mustard, baby blue, robin's egg blue, dove gray, navy, and black. They're worn in their unchanging sequence. It's a little autistic. Yeah. Yeah. But not when you see the reason. He's making excuses. No. That is a dumb reason. The reason was to see if she would notice. And that's dumb. The reason is because he's autistic. (laughs) Says you. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, even autistic people have reasons why they do the same thing all the time. Yeah, touche. Yeah. Okay. So he calls her Shortcake because she comes from a strawberry farm. <laughs> like Cabbage Patch Kid? Yes. I think that's how he sees her. He's this like cool, aloof, brooding Mr. Darcy who like lounges languidly in his office chair because he's just so big and masculine. The office can't contain him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, you know, like your perfect man. And then she's this tiny little sprite that sprang out of the strawberry patch. <laughs> and he just thinks that she is the most adorable thing in the world. And she is. I mean, she she definitely is. But it's like, I f it's so refreshing that, like, I actually feel his love for her. And to be on the Even early on you did? Yes. Even on the receipt, because enemies to lovers is most of the time about the guy pining for the girl, mm -hmm. which is why I love enemies to lovers. Because who doesn't want to be pined after when it's from, you know, this a great noble heroic figure? So, um, so yeah, he even like highlighted her parents. Farm Sky Diamond Strawberries. Their blog. He, he has it bookmarked on his computer, and when he wants to, okay, when she thinks he wants to really nag her or rag on her, really, like he pulls up the Strawberry Farm with blog and the the picture of this like wild little girl in in short alls, who's like dirty and rummaging around in the strawberry patch. Meanwhile, he's just like thrilled he's planned out his trip autism again yeah he has plotted his route the the flight that he will take to get to her parent to sky diamond strawberries california the, <laughs> probably um the the rental car agency he'll get his car from and he has google mapped his way from the airport to Sky Diamond Strawberries. Like, he knows exactly how to get there. Like, that's... And it's not even stalkerish. It's, like, so... Like, she thinks he's just doing it to get under her skin. He did this because he he's always showing he's, her... He's fantasizing about being in a relationship with her. Yes. He's fantasizing about, like, taking her there. To see her mom and dad. Yes. To meet her parents. Yes. Who does that? Only Joshua Templeman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and you can see, like, and and it's not just that he's, like, this cool, aloof man. He's, like, he's a, a man, for one thing. Like, he's not a silly little boy. Like, he is, like, wise beyond his years. Mm -hmm. He has these, like, he just knows stuff. He, he is such a He's so good at business. Like he is pretty much single-handedly running the company because his boss doesn't do anything. Everybody everybody in like all the non-creative departments report to him and yeah. he makes final say on everything, budget and whatever else there is <laughs> in a company. I don't know. Not He's basically the CEO but isn't getting paid like one. Exactly. 
So he is just so competent at his job. He looks really good in a suit. He is, um, but at the same time, he's like always showing his vulnerability. So you think of him, and it's and, and she you doesn't don't, pick up on she it. Doesn't, and the reader doesn't pick up on it either until you look back and when he when he when declares he explains everything when he explains everything and why how he's loved her from the moment he saw her, and everything he did was to try to get her to show some backbone to these other employees that were walking all over her like he knew he would take her abuse like he was like all this time he was like so he was ragging on her to try to strengthen her and he was taking it so that she could eventually have the strength to give it out to other people so not only does that make him a good man yeah He's a phenomenal leader. Yes. Because he knows how to push his employees. Yes. And although she's not an employee. She's his. She's not his employee. No, she's his But he still led her. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's like the, the best quality of a good leader is knowing how to motivate. Yeah. And he has that. And he did that, like, even if, <clears throat> it, it, like, regardless of whether or not she was going to love him or not. So he's so. Because it was best for her. Yes. He's so altruistic. Yeah. He's so noble. Just a, your run of the mill Emmanuel Kant over here. Okay. You know. Yes, I know who okay. Kant is, but I don't. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to prove to the listeners I might be a little bit smart. Not as smart as Megan, but a little bit smart. <laughs> okay. So, um, I won't. That was I a total flex book. on my part. Flex? Yeah. Weird flex, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at the same time, Josh is like kind of like he is definitely an asshole to his underlings yeah fuck so, him though. exactly <laughs> um i just after i just said he's a great leader <laughs> <laughs> well he is a great leader but you can still be a great leader to some like it's not the right job for him no this job is so far beneath him he doesn't need to be in it and he knows he's not going to stay in it for long well, does that segue into... No, it doesn't. I'm still doing quotes. I'm okay. still talking about Josh's amazing character. Okay. Well, you've been talking about it for like 20 minutes. Well, it is very important. <laughs> we have a limited amount of time. This is the Josh Templeman story. Okay. Okay. I'll give you 10 more minutes. <laughs> okay. Um. So Lucy's like talking about how much she hates him. And then she's... I just want to explain this part real quick because okay. it like describes his like physicality to me okay. more perfectly than anything else. Anything else. He reclines back in his chair in a way I can never manage to do. The back of my chair doesn't budge when I try to recline. I only <laughs> succeed in rolling backward and bumping into the wall. So, as a woman who's five foot tall, that has happened all of the times. I. 
you know how can you push a chair back what can you like like bounce in your chair no because i'll break it oh i'm not only six foot one i'm also like 240 pounds Mm -hmm. so if i lean back in a chair i have to be careful Mm because it's gonna break they're not built for that Okay, well, Josh's chair is like a... Josh is probably like 6'3", 175 pounds. He's not... No, he's big. He has a lot of muscle. Okay. Uh, 200 pounds. We'll say 215. That's still way less than me. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just... Okay. So, I'm very enamored with men who can... Who have these long legs <laughs> and they can just like, you know, splay them and it looks like it's so effortless. Like my legs. I do sit I in, do that? I, yeah, you do. I sit <laughs> in any chair and my legs are dangling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I put my feet out, I'm I'm taking it up. I'll, like I'm almost take in your space right now. You I'm are, in, yeah. I'm in your space. You right would now. be in my space, except your your legs are splayed a lot wider than my body. I also have short legs. You do have short legs. <laughs> I'm all torso. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm all legs, but they like you know they're only two feet long, so that doesn't matter. Um, so I am. That's something I've always noticed. Like I've always noticed when a guy can like slouch down a little bit in a chair and just like kind of like how i am right now yes <laughs> it's like just wear a business suit and it's like the most attractive thing in the in the world it's such a stupid thing but it, yeah it's like it's the best thing to me because it's something i am just totally incapable of even if my body was long i would never be able to lounge because i am a klutz and I'm just not an elegant person. And <laughs> yeah, so I'm just really taken with people who can, well, the men. Like, it's such a, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know, women are beautiful when they do that too, but. Uh, just to be equal. Well, I just, I can't, I'm trying to imagine like a woman in a, like a business situation where she's like lounging in a chair but she's still like in total control like that seems to be such a, a masculine quality you and have to like, picture what the that hell is, is that? the reason men are so great what's that fox news lady i don't know megan kelly no she wouldn't she wouldn't lounge i don't know she's any people too, from fox she's news. too uh she's too refined Adios, America. Yeah, but see the thing what about what the hell is that girl's name? I gotta. I look don't her know. Up. Anyway, but Josh is so refined. But when he does loll in his chair, as Sally Thorne says, it's like he's just taking a moment because his body is just so big. He just has to take give himself a break from like this, like office confinement. And Coulter would sit like that. That's not attractive. No. Like the, neither is the she. Thought of I know. <laughs> well, I was picturing somebody more like Sharon Stone or something. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, that's a much I better tra- one. <laughs> yeah, somebody with like long legs and 
she doesn't lull, but I'm picturing her that like the neon crossing scene in Basic Instinct. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking just now, too. So, I mean, that's... She has, like, the body length to be able to do that, but she she feminizes it. What's her name? So, I'm not really talking Charlie about Charlie Theron probably could, too. Yes, but it's the lolling. <laughs> when a guy in a business suit... It's, like, the same thing as, like, a guy in a business suit just, like, loosening his tie a little bit. It's so attractive. It's the best. Or when he takes off his, like... His jacket rolls up his sleeves, just like to his forearms. It's like, yes, you're getting down to business, but you're still in control and you're still a gentleman and you're still going to like sacrifice your like sexuality for the one that you love. And it's like, that's, that's what I see. And I love it. So, um, let's see, what do I... So, yeah, we went over Josh's easy lounging and his confidence. Um, The marks in the planner, one of my favorite things. So, Josh, they're playing another game, and it's called You're Just So, it goes like this. You're just so, ah, never mind, I sigh. He takes the bait. Handsome, intelligent, no, wait, (laughs) superior to everyone. You're coming to your senses, Lucinda. He calls her Lucinda to get on her nerves like a second grader. Yeah. Um, Joshua locks his computer and opens his planner, one hand hovering over the cup with pens and pencils. I hold my breath. He frowns and slaps the planner shut. The gray shirt should make him look like a cyborg, but he ends up looking handsome and intelligent. He's the worst. <laughs> You're just so predictable. Somehow I know this will cut him deep. His eyes become slits of hatred. Oh, am I? How so? Like that. Yeah. Uh, Shirts, moods, patterns, people like you can't succeed. If you ever acted out of character and surprised me, I'd die of shock. Am I to take this as a personal challenge? He looks at his desk, apparently deep in thought. I'd like to see if you attempt it. You're just so inflexible. So then he makes the mark. What is this? Two minutes of your 10 minutes. I don't care. He picks up his pencil and presses the sharpened tip against the pad of his thumb. If a human could grin without moving their face, he just did it. And so they have this uh, they have this thing. And she notices that he makes these marks in his planner. And it's like irritated her so much that when he steps away from his desk at one point, she goes and takes a screenshot of his or she takes a picture of his planner and these like these weird little pencil marks that he makes so more on that later (laughs) i love the pencil marks i love like the idea of him just sitting there like just waiting for her to do something and she doesn't even know what it is and he marks it down just like makes a little note it's like not even a note it's just a slash it's like a tiny little slash you said that's even autistic uh, yeah, his code. Yeah. <laughs> That's really autistic. So then on page 67, we have the kiss. So do you want to describe what led up to the kiss? Yeah. 
She says that she has a date, does she not? Mm -hmm. And she actually recruits another co-worker to pretend to be the date just to get under his skin. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't believe that she has a date. So she, he even offers to drive her to the place yeah, just to see that there is no date. Because her car is also a piece of crap. So she was going to like take a bus shit. to her date. Yeah. He couldn't have that. So they're getting on the elevator down to the garage to get into his car. Mm -hmm. And he picks her up, he, he puts her the... on the rail, <laughs> grabs the back of her head. Wait, and says... I don't visit, remember what he Visit said. me up here for a sec. Ah, uh, yeah. That's the best line. Grabs the back of her head and kisses her. Like, really kisses her. Yeah. Doesn't ask. No. He just kisses her. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. But apparently, according to Megan, who is the female perspective of this show, that is... Super oh, duper. I don't feel comfortable being the female perspective of this show. You are. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a normal female when it comes to like asking for consent. Okay, so why don't you go into that? So, so you're welcome. So I open the door for you there. Well, or I set the table. Well, okay. So not anybody could just kiss me, but if it was like. Josh Templeman and I was Lucy. Yeah, there's no like. Yeah, of course, he had to take that kiss. Yeah, he thought he he had consent, kind of. And it's just a kiss, so it doesn't even matter. So he's he wanted I, to test a theory. Not in 2020. Anyway, he was he said I wanted to test a theory. So after he's like ravaged her mouth and she loves it because she is like clawing for him. Yeah. She hates him. She hates him. He pulls the emergency really stop on the elevator, lifts her up, puts her on the rail, and then, like, kisses the hell out of her. And, yeah, it's, it's like, she's amazed. We're amazed. I think this is the moment in the book that it became my favorite book. Yeah. Yeah. So, kiss. Very important. So then he, um, they're fighting for the same job because they decide that there's going to be a new position opening up right underneath the C the co-CEOs and it's going to be the chief operating officer or COO. One of them are probably going to get it, although they're taking outside applicants as well. So Lucy and Josh- yeah, Lucy and Josh are fighting for the same job now, so that makes it, uh, makes the like, the enemies just like jump through the roof. So, Lucy really likes the kiss, but she proceeds the date. Yeah, she goes on with the date because he's still Josh. He's still her enemy. She doesn't really know what to she do doesn't know what's it. going on right now. Yeah. Like she's, I think she's starting to feel some kind of sexual tension, mm -hmm. but she doesn't know it or she's not willing to admit it to herself. She has a date with a nice guy. 
So, of course, she wants to proceed with a date with the nice guy because she sees that she might possibly have a future with this nice short man <laughs> who's very much a boy and not at all a man. Is he your, is he your, my definition of a beta? No, oh, yeah, he's total beta. My definition, not the romance. He's everybody's definition of a beta. Just, okay. Yeah. Capital B on his Letterman jacket. Got it. Sure. Um, so she's so worked up that she doesn't even, she has to call in sick the next day. She's just, she's so upset because she feels like Josh has now ruined her because she doesn't, he like, he's lowered her self-esteem to such an extent that she doubts herself. Mm-hmm. And that was not what he was going for. He, um, I think I hear Hank. Possibly. You think you always hear Hank and it's never He's been him. waking up at this time. Okay. Um, so she doubts herself. He sends her flowers in flamethrower red, the name of her lipstick. Mm-hmm. He sends her a like a bouquet of red roses with the note, you're always beautiful. So, But she thinks it's from Danny. She thinks it's from Danny. Who's the worst. He's yes. not the worst. He's not the worst. He's just not He's great. He's fine. Yeah. He'll He's make like some lady Champaign, happy. Illinois. He's fine. Yeah. He's a five out of ten. He's no Salem, Massachusetts. He's no New York City. He's no any place in New Hampshire that I want to live in. Right. <laughs> so, uh... The next day that she goes into work, Josh is looking really rough around the edges, and it's weird. He's not his immaculate self today, she says. He's a little rough around the edges, probably from a few bad nights sleep. His mustard shirt is the ugliest color I've ever seen. His tie is badly knotted. His jaw is shadowed with stubble. His hair is a mess, and he has a devil's horn on one side. He's practically a gammon today. What's a gammon? He looks divine, and he's looking at me with a memory in his eyes. A gammon is like her side of the the office, the creative people that are oh. quirky, and the, oh. he's not a Bexley, he's a gammon. So one of their tasks to see who, who gets the COO position is that they have to um, uh, coordinate some kind of you know, fraternity event, like, uh, to, you know, increase the morale of the company. She wants to do something really stupid. He wants to go play paintball. And not really stupid. That was actually a really good idea because he has organized all the teams so that everybody works together. Everybody works on each other's team at some point. Yeah. So you really have to get to know each other. There's lots of Bexley and Gammon crossing going on, which is what needs to happen. Like he has taken leadership like to another level with his paintball game. And he he made the grand prize of if you win you get a day off. <laughs> yeah, pay day off, yeah. Um so they go, they play paintball. Everyone's kind of talking about Lucy and Josh. He sort of keeps her huddled to cuddled close to his side the whole time. 
and people are kind of like snickering about it. And she's trying to escape, but she realizes at the same time it's pointless to escape because we're here organizing the event together. And in the meantime, I feel like I'm going to throw up. So she gets really sick. What's this? I don't know what that means. That's the time. Well, I knew it was going to be a long episode. Not okay. Just, I'm just letting you know. It's going to be a long episode. It's the best book. Okay. Gosh. <laughs> Love lettering was like two hours long. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay. Keep going. So, <laughs> you can do some talking as well. I can't because you're you're going. Well, I'm just trying to synopsize and and. If I need to cut in with a quote, you, I could do that. <laughs> you could synopsize. I can just do the cut in. So uh, No, I can't because I don't know where your head is. All right. Well, anyway, she's really sick. She's throwing up. She um, she doesn't realize she's sick. Josh, who is called Dr. Josh by his boss, which is kind of creepy. Um, he recognizes the symptoms of a virus in her and he pays very close attention to her and she's like sweating and her makeup's running down her face like Alice Cooper and she's like at the end of the paintball day she's puking in the bathroom and he comes in <laughs> and uh, like she's mortified of course because this guy that she hates hates thinks she hates hates slash wants to have sex with now is like watching her puke in the toilet and it's really gross. And anyway, she he uh, he does not take no for an answer about letting her take the bus to her apartment when they get back to the office. He gives her a ride in his uh, in his beautiful black car, and he takes care of her for the night. And he is so like he gets to her apartment, which is basically a pigsty. He she puts on her jammies. Her sleepy sores jammies. Yeah. <laughs> Which she was only slightly embarrassed about. He still looks like perfect in his black t-shirt and jeans. And uh, he's like holding the Tupperware container to help her puke, puke into. into. Like he's changed the sheets a few times. He's changed her outfit a few times. Like by the end of this night, he's called his, his doctor brother over and for a house call. Um, they argue over whether or not she has food poisoning or a virus. Um, and anyway, Josh, like, really and she's like kind of lucid through truth. all this. Like she's in and out. So she's seeing it in like chapters. Yes. Like things <laughs> like, yeah, her, she's fading in and out. Yeah. Like she fades in and she's in different clothes and then she fades back out and she and fades in back in. She's in different and, and different. And yeah. there's a different, there's a, another guy here now. Yes. And the conversation has changed this time. Yes. Now they're arguing over why I'm sick. <laughs> Who is this other guy? Yeah. And then she says, you're handsome, yeah, but not as handsome as Josh. And it's, yeah, it's his brother. And yeah. So uh, you can, you can take well, over. Dr. Josh nickname is because he was a pre-med student and dropped out. He was, he was in his first year of medical school. Yeah. Oh, he was in medical school mm -hmm. and dropped out. So Mr. Bexley calls him 
Dr. Josh for that reason. Yeah, to kind of be cruel to him. Yeah. Which is, Josh doesn't need that. No. No. All right, can we skip ahead a little bit? Well, then we're going to be skipping <laughs> Well, his, means his, no. <laughs> we're going to be skipping his first laugh. I will have you know. That's All right, yeah, so that's do fine. that. No, 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 it's fine. His first laugh? Yeah, that's really important. Lucy has been chasing this laugh since he's been carrying her smile around in his pocket since the very first day. She just wants to see him smile. And so when she finally does see it, it's like, like, really, it's like the sun is coming out and mm-hmm. it's brilliant. And it's like he lights up her entire world. And I think that's at the point like she is like done for. So. What is that one? That's a huge quote. Well, I, I think I'm going to skip it. It's okay. just like when Josh smiles, he's blinding. That's that's it. It's just really nice. <laughs> oh, I love this quote here. This is like Sally Thorne's weirdness right here in one sentence. Okay. Calm down, Josh says into my ear. I scramble into his lap and press my face into his collarbone, huffing his cedar scent so hard I probably suck out his ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, that is I weird. That's something I would write, like. It would never get published. I love it. Suck out his ghost. Like, who even thinks of that? Sally Thorne. I know. <laughs> it's great. This is what makes the book. It's just like these like weird little moments interspersed with like the best sexual tension in a book ever. This book did have that. Like, you could cut it with a knife. I know. Uh... So the, about the smile thing, Robbie Amel, I yeah. think, I don't know how to say his last name. Amel. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so he's playing Josh in the movie that's coming out some as soon as they can start filming due to COVID. I don't know. It's coming out some point. But he said, he said I told you he didn't look like Josh to me. Like mm-hmm. his face kind of does, but he's just so happy. Yeah. He said the hardest thing about playing him is not being able to smile because he's such a like a naturally smiley Smiley guy guy. (laughs) yeah he said there's no smiling in the first third of the movie so he said that's going to be really hard so i mean i like that i like it when people don't smile but um okay so the weirdness thing authors romance writers if you're going to have a quirky heroine, have a quirky heroine. Like, go all out. I don't understand this. Like, oh, my major flaw with my heroine is her stilettos are just so tall. Or, I have too many shoes. They don't fit in my tiny little closet. And, like, that's that's a quirk? That's not a quirk. That's That's costuming. It's not a personality flaw. Costuming? Costuming. Oh. Costuming. Yes, that's hair and makeup. Like, that's not something you worry about. Like, having a big shoe collection does not make you a, uh, give you a quirky heroine. I'm so sick of seeing that in romance. I just, ugh. You can do it. (laughs) You can give her real quirks. You can make her unlikable, even. 
I mean, I'm sure people don't like Lucy, some of them. Mm, I never didn't like Lucy. No, no, I'm sure there are a lot of people and they're like, Lucy is so freaking annoying. I can't stand it. But <laughs> you're an author. You've got to go out on a limb sometimes. I read so many books. I have to put it away as soon as, like, I would if not for my shoes. Like, no, that is not a valid excuse. Mm-mm. So, hot take. Not really hot take. Um, so, Danny, her her nice guy date, mm-hmm. he's, he's, like, he's the worst. He's a <laughs> gaslighter. Like, he is a gaslighter. I will agree with that. For sure. So, I don't know. Um, so that He's, bit, your, he's uh, the white knight. The guys who, like, don't care about feminism, but, like, go to feminist rallies to get laid. Um, That's how I pictured him. Yeah. Like, they actually don't care about women. They just say what they want to hear just to try to get laid. That's the worst kind. Yeah. Those are the white knights. Mm. I think Joe Rogan calls them. Oh. <laughs> so, um, more unreliable narratorness. Lucy. He, Lucy concedes to Josh that they have some sexual tension. Mm-hmm. He he tells her to <laughs> go on a date with this Danny character. Kiss him. Kiss him. If he doesn't kiss you right. If he doesn't kiss you like I kissed you. If he, yes. If his kiss is better than my kiss, I'll drop everything. Exactly. Which I like that. I do too. He put his balls on the table. Yes. And yes, this is like, this is what men, this is what makes men men. Like That's, That was a total, uh, the Duke move right there. Who? John Wayne. Oh. Yeah, he was he was a he was a man. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I know. We can't talk about John Wayne because Why? Racism. I don't know. Okay. Um <laughs> He uh Yeah, so obviously Danny does not well they kiss and they just they both decide eh, this is like it was, it my was like it was like uh ps i love you yes it's like mm, yeah that wasn't good <laughs> right so right then and there she and danny decide oh let's just be friends yeah and they're both okay with it so it's not even like she has to break danny's heart so then she's just she even um, goes in for another one he pulls back yes like no i didn't like that yeah um so then she just you know happens to have josh's address written on a a post-it note in her car and she's she plugs it into her gps just you know just because and just out of curiosity yeah and just the gps just starts like you know giving her the driving instructions to get to his apartment and she just you know happens to go there go there (laughs) And then she she's, doesn't even know how her car got and there. And then she's sneaking around because she doesn't want to be stalkery. And he catch—he so totally stalkery. catches her. And she's thinking about going through his garbage. 
Yeah. He's like he's he knows she's there and she's he's outside in just his, looking at her. <laughs> like watching her snoop around. And letting her do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then she goes into his apartment. Like with like some kind of uh, And she's taking pictures. No, she's not taking I think she is. No, she's she's taking mental pictures. Okay. She's taking But she's going to every room of his house. Yes, because he snooped through all her stuff when she was sick and and like he, and he organized said her it, Smurf it's, collection. It's even. We're even. Yes, but I love that. I love his confidence. She starts like going through his drawers. I love that. She's so weird. Yeah, why would you even do that even if you have permission? I would do that. Why? I don't know cuz like because when I wouldn't I, do that. when I like something, I have this like compulsion to like see their stuff and i don't <laughs> i barely go through my drawers well, yeah oh yeah well i've like <laughs> this is yeah i would do did this. you go through my drawers when we first started dating of course you did yes when i wasn't there i went through them when you were there oh. you didn't have anything in your drawers no. Like guitar books and like underwear. Like the, you were very boring. But you didn't have a, like a whole house. No. If you had a whole house, yeah, I'd be looking at every book on your bookshelf and all of your matchbox cars on your shelves and all of your pictures. It's what you do. It's what you do. That's what you do. <laughs> I'll go as far as looking at pictures. I would not go that's through your. You don't care. I wouldn't go through your drawers. It's that's not. That's it, rude. It's because you don't care. No, that's rude. No, it's because you don't care, and you wouldn't even look at my Smurf collection if I was sick and I was, if I was laid up in bed. You wouldn't. Even I would look. look at everything visible. I would not go through drawers because that's rude. That's private. <laughs> <laughs> so best part number two <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's coming up I don't even care about the end isn't that weird I don't either I don't care about the end of like, this book I either I love how they get together I didn't care about the last few chapters I mean, I care. I want to see their happily ever after. And it was like, oh, I didn't because so... I knew what was going to happen. It, but yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, so this one day Josh doesn't show up. Mm. And she's like crawling out of her skin. Because she doesn't know what to do without him. Because she hasn't seen him all day. Yeah. And so she's, <laughs> she says, I make an amused honk. Then I fidget. She's calling him up on the phone now. I was calling because, and she's thinking in her head, I haven't seen you today. I've been feeling mixed up and desperately sad. And for some reason, seeing you might help the weird pain in my chest. I don't have friends except for you, except you're not. And he says, yes, he's not helping me out at all. I'm hungry and I have no food and I have got any tea and my apartment is cold and I'm bored. <laughs> he says, what a very sad little life. <laughs> and she says you've got lots of food and tea and if your if your heating is better than mine and 
and there is nothing but silence. I'm not bored when I'm with you. I'm mortified. But I better just, he cuts me off, better come over then. Yeah. I love it. He like drops everything at the gym and races home to meet her at his apartment because he's so in love with her. I've done that for you. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. What? Yes, I have. When? We lived here. In Illinois? Yes. Oh, yes, you have. Yes, I have. Yeah, my bad dream, right? You, mm, no. Oh, no, when I thought you were cheating on me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, your reasoning for thinking that is because I kept putting my phone away when you came in the room. I, I don't remember that. Trust me. Okay. And my memory. Mm-hmm. That's why you thought I was cheating. Well, you always do that. It's because I'm playing video games on my phone, and I put them away real quick, so I don't want you to think I'm like a nerd. <laughs> Nerd's better than cheating. And Yeah, but still. So you said you need to figure out a way to fix our marriage <laughs> in the text message. Well, you also left early that day. Yeah, because I went to the gym in the morning. Well, I thought it was like earlier than you normally go to the gym, because mm-hmm. I woke up early. And you were sneaking out of the house and you didn't kiss me goodbye. Sneaking out of the house. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wake anybody up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was in the middle of squats and you texted me that. And I dropped it and went home. Aw. He said, what are you doing here? (laughs) That's That's the greeting I got. So, yes, I have rushed home from the gym for you. (laughs) Well, but not because I was hungry. Okay. No, it was a little more important than (laughs) you being hungry. Well, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I would do that for you, but you don't have any freakouts. No, I don't because I'm rational. (laughs) so yeah that's my other best part um and i think that's all for my quotes oh my gosh oh wait no no one more thing one more i'm not going to read anything but it's about the planner so he's explaining at the very end he's explaining why everything he ever did was for her they're they're enemies because he was like just trying to like steal her spine. So finally they're in love. They're open about it. They've like worked through problems. It's after the dark soul of night, dark night of the soul. I always mix that up. Me too. She says, what are the marks in your planner? Oh, and we have to explain his bedroom when she's snooping through his house. The first time his bedroom is the most gorgeous Robin's egg blue color, the same color blue as her favorite shirt that he wears. Mm -hmm. And he gets, he doesn't say anything. He's sort of taken aback and he's like holding his breath as like he led her into the bedroom and, and he knows he's going to get caught. And she just doesn't, she's like, oh, Josh, this is the color of your shirt. 
She doesn't get it. No, because who would? Um, so. It is a color this, of shirt, but it's her favorite shirt. It's yes. She loves this shirt, and she thinks she's like it's already her favorite color. And it's and she, she says, "Well, this must be your favorite color because it's the color of your bedroom." And he's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah." It's her favorite color. Um. <laughs> And then they go to his brother's wedding and he wears the blue shirt and he unzips her garment bag with her dress. Just look at it to peek. And she she's also wearing a Robin's egg blue dress. And he just like smiles to himself. Well, what about his mom's what his mom said to her? That. Like when he first started after the merger. Yeah. And he would talk to his mom. He talked to his mom every week. Yeah. And he told her about shortcake. Yeah. After the first week of working there. I know. <laughs> he liked her the whole time. So he time. liked her the whole time. I know. And his mom knew it. Yeah. And his brother knew it. His and brother everybody knew it. knew it except his stupid dad. Um so so she thinks his favorite color is bedroom bedroom blue. Like and her favorite color is is Josh's bedroom blue. That's just what she calls it. Yeah. And he calls it Lucy Blue. And so she's uh she's she never really asks him why he paints that color. She just assumes it's his favorite color. So then at the very end, they've come back from the wedding. They're a couple now. They're like in it for the long haul. They both decided. Um, and we find out. So she asks him about the color. And he he says, I cannot believe you didn't figure this out. Like, how did you not crack this code? Like, you were so into snooping into everything all the time. And and he, like, pulls her by her ankles to the foot of the bed where he has a mirror in his wardrobe or something. Yeah. And he tells her to, like, look into her eyes. And her eyes are bedroom blue. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's my eye color. It's his new favorite color. So, like, his, like, his whole world has been, like, totally transformed into this world of Lucy eye color blue. And that's why, like, everything in the book is associated with this robin's egg blue. And it's just so sweet. And and his his when he plays paintball, his jeans are flecked with that blue paint because he had just painted his bedroom. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so then she asks him about the marks in the planner. This is when everything is coming out. Um, and he's, he gets like really sheepish and he says it's a bit juvenile. Um, and he said, I record whether you're wearing a dress or a skirt, D or S. I make a mark when we argue and I make a mark when I see you smile at someone else. And then he puts an L, right? Also. He's like, that's just for my lunch break. <laughs> yeah. Also, when I wish I could kiss you. The uh, dots are just my lunch break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love that. I I really liked uh, I I don't get as emotionally mushy as you do. No, of course not. With the romantic stuff. 
the part that really I really liked was uh, when he was his brother came. Yeah. And his brothers like they were arguing about it. Mm-hmm. And his brother said, "You'd be good at this, you know." The doctoring. Yeah. Yeah. I like brother stuff. Uh, yeah. Because I don't have one. Yeah. And I always wish I did. Not that I don't like my sister, but... His brother is great. Yeah. Yeah. And his mom is great. So... I think that's probably why I like my brother-in-law so much. Who's your brother-in-law? Keelan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My sister's husband. (laughs) Because I do see him as like my brother. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. That's cool. <laughs> um, well, so there is an epilogue. You asked about it. Which I is did. the first time you wanted to read more of a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's an epilogue in Sally Thorne's book number two, 99% Mine, which is also well worth reading, although it doesn't have the same... Like, Tom Valeska is not Joshua Templeman. Um, so, in the epilogue, it's very sweet. Like, they sort of touch on... It's very short. And they, they touch on all the... They touch on that they went on that Tuscan vacation. Like, and Lucy is now the CEO of the company because Josh resigned. And he went and worked for the company's enemy. Yeah. So, which is great because they're still enemies and he's still like, they call him the overlord there because he's a CFO and yeah. he has his underlings. Like he's like the asshole of the new business. Which well, she is said like 45 year old men would hand her stuff to give to him because they were so afraid of him. Yeah. That's I power. would kill for that. <laughs> that power you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, would. I wouldn't kill for that, but. It'd be nice. I should not. I should watch my expressions nowadays. <laughs> I would and, not kill for anything. And then at the end, it's revealed that her name is New Lucy Templeman, because it says, "Oh, because oh, they're in that they shiny, shiny building." And she, they walk out because they're going to his parents for like the weekend or something in Port Worth. Yeah. And um, he's picking her up from the shiny office building on Friday night. And, like, his golden ring is just, like, glinting, glinting all around the office. And it's just really nice because you know how much he wanted to marry her. Yeah. Um, The ending when she stood up to his dad. Yeah. I wish he would have. He's too shy. I know, but I wish he would have. I guess that's just the guy in me. I like that she did. I understand why they... Like Sally had her write, wrote her to do it, because that Sue needed to do it. Yeah, but I wish he would have. Yeah, like for his own sake. But he will get there. Yeah, because he has somebody he loves, believe in him so much, he'll be able to get there now. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I still. Yeah. I still would have liked that better. Yeah. I, I liked it the way it was, but I would have liked it more if Josh would have, if he would have said, if his dad would have said something shitty to her. Yeah. Like really shitty to her. Like yeah. saying she's like not even worth humanity. Something yeah. bad. Then he he would have finally broke out. But I think his, 
his disdain for his dad mm-hmm. was so great. He wouldn't have said anything. He just would have punched him in his mouth. And that yeah. would have resolved nothing. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably, yeah, now that I talk about it, it's probably better that she did it. Yeah. Because it would have gotten physical if he had done it. Because mm-hmm. I just, putting myself in Joss's shoes in that situation, like, yeah, I just would probably punch him in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> his dad needed to be punched in his he mouth. He did. He did. But his dad is also autistic, if you can't tell. Yes, I could tell. And it's genetic. So another point for Josh as autistic. All right. If the book were being adapted to a movie, who would play the part? So there are people playing the parts. Yeah, it is being adapted. Lucy Haley and Hale. Hale. Yeah. And Robbie Amell are playing them. So Lucy Hale is from Pretty Little Liars. If you've ever watched that show, I, I, I never have. Yeah. So I don't know who she is. And Robbie Amell. She's very pretty and she looks very much like Lucy to me. Is that who you have play her? Yeah. You like yeah, that pick? And I do you do. like Robbie Amell? No. Who would you have instead of that? Um, I picture like facial feature. I picture some generic business wearing romance novel cover guy. Like not the kind with the naked torso, but the, the kind in the business suit. Yeah. With glasses or something. Like just some like very handsome but not really any distinguishing features. That's who I picture. But then with Henry Cavill's personality. Like yeah. Or Henry Cavill. So Yeah, I, Henry Cavill could do it. He just yeah. He's kinda old. Mm, I think he's fine. Alright. So I went another t- for other characters. Yeah. Uh Elaine. Yeah. I went with this person. Oh, Marianne Cotillard. Yes. Because we both agreed that she's French from France. Yes. And for Mr. Blexley. <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> I, I, you Why know, not? I love that because in the epilogue, Bexley and Helene kind of like get Why together. Not? And and I would love to see The Rock with Marion Cotillard. Uh, yep. Why not? Yeah. I love it. I'm serious. I think I think The Rock could be in every single movie and it would work. That's just me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could get him in Pride and Prejudice somehow. He wouldn't be he wouldn't be <laughs> Mr. Darcy, but he would he could play Mr. Bingley. Mr. Bennett. Mr. No, Mr. Bingley. The the jovial sportsman. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Hank is up now. Okay. Because my mom does not walk that fast. Okay. Okay. Well, this was a long one, but it was a good one. I don't know how good the episode is, but it's the best book, so you yeah. better read it. And uh, with that, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.